called Lead Me. I look around and see my wonderful life almost perfect from the outside. In picture frames, I see my beautiful wife always smiling, but on the inside, I can hear her saying, Lead me with strong hands. Stand up when I can. Don't leave me hungry for love, chasing dreams. What about us? Show me you're willing to fight. That I'm still the love of your life. I know we call this our home. I see their faces, look in their innocent eyes. They're just children from the outside. I'm working hard. I tell myself they'll be fine. They're independent, but on the inside, I can hear them saying, Lead me with strong hands. Stand up when I can Don't leave me Hungry for love, chasing dreams What about us? Show me you're willing to fight That I'm still the love of your life I know we call this our home
Hey, great job, guys, uh, for the band, man. Love you guys. And Rick Steele asked a multiplication question on stage. Bro, I would never do that. That's, uh, wow, you asked that, and I was like, I ain't never going to do something like that. Uh, wow, he's got more guts than I do. Hey, we're pumped to have you guys here today. We're going to have a great time. Uh, I'm going to pray, and we're going to jump right in today, all right? It's going to be a great time. I think the guy's going to do some big stuff today. So, uh, so let's pray. All right, Father, I thank you for everybody that's here in the room. God, I thank you for what we're about to talk about. I thank you for where we're at today. God, I thank you for the new series that we're going to start today. God, I think it's going to be a big thing in the lives of a lot of people. I think that over the next four weeks, God, you are going to do some very significant things. And so, God, I pray that you would just put us in a place where we wouldn't miss it. God, put us in a place where we're, we're expecting you to move. God, put us in a place where we just anticipate. Well, God, when we come, we anticipate to meet with you. Father, I thank you that you're here with me. God, give me the words to say in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, how many of you, uh, just a quick question here, how many of you are excited that it's summertime? Is anybody excited that it's summertime? There we go. It's, there we go. A round of applause. There we go. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There we go. There we go. You're excited that it's summer. That's right. You're excited that it's summer. A lot of you are, are already out uh, for school. Uh, you're already out of school, experiencing summer vacation, or maybe if you're not, you will uh, here in the next uh, week or so. Everybody's, though, excited about summer, and maybe you're here, and, and you just kind of look at where your family is, look at where you're at, and you just, you just say, you don't have to answer this out loud, but maybe this is just where you're at. You look at your life, and you just say, man, summer could not have come at a better time for us because my family is just stressed out. We've got a lot of things going on. I'm stressed. My husband, my wife, they're stressed. My kids are stressed. My dog's stressed. Everybody is stressed. And so it just couldn't have come at a better time. We just need a vacation. So let's hop in the car for 12 hours and go to a theme park and wait in line for three. That sounds like it's going to help. That's good. That's a good move, right? But maybe that's where you're at. Uh, maybe, maybe you are, are at a place where you just look at your life and you just say, man, we just we just feel really overwhelmed right now. We just feel really overwhelmed with where we're at at this season of our life, and we could really use a, a break. My family, maybe you're thinking this, my, my family, we've got a lot of issues. We've got a lot of issues, and, and our issues have issues, and we just got a lot of things going on. We need to, we need to really get away and, and focus on ourselves for a little bit. Maybe that's where you're at today. And, and you know what? Um, what I would say to you back, if that's what you're thinking, um, you're, you're probably right. You're probably right. Your family does have issues, and you are messed up. No, I'm just kidding. That's not what I was going to say. Um, but a getaway might be a good idea. Might be a good idea to, to get everybody together and, 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 and to have a quick vacation. Go, go somewhere and get away for a couple of days, just, just you and the family. That, that might help. But what if you need some, something else? What if you need more than just a quick getaway? Because you're here and you go somewhere, when your family gets in the car or the airplane, whatever you do, you're going to do when you come back from vacation, if you plan on taking a vacation this summer, you guys get in the car, whatever you're going to use to get there, you get in that to come back. Listen, not only do you get in there, not only does your family get in there, the issues that your family has, they get in there with you, right? The issues that your family had, they're going to get in the car with you. They're going to be on the plane. They're going to get on board with you. So maybe you need something more than just a quick vacation. Well, today I'm really excited. We've been excited about this series for a long time. Uh, today we're starting a brand new four-week series called Family Vacation. And, and I really believe this is going to be a significant time 
for us as a church. I think this is going to be a significant time for you and your family. Uh, God is just going to do some big things over the next four weeks in this series because maybe, maybe you're here or you know a family, know of a family, and they're at a place right now they didn't plan to be at. Somewhere along the way, it took a detour, and maybe you are a family that you do know. Maybe they're at a place right now, and they're not doing well. And so they're like, how did we get here? How are we going to fix this? Maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe that's where the person next to you is at today. Maybe there's some parents in the room. There's probably some parents in the room. And, and if you're honest for a second, you, you're, you're just at a place in your life as a parent where you're just saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't even know if these are my legitimate children. They are insane. I mean, some parents are here. You have already figured out a way. You've dropped your kids off in Summit Kids. You've already figured out a way to permanently leave them. You've already done that, right? But maybe that's where you're at. You're here. You're not married. You're single. You're single, and you're looking at your life. Maybe you're dating a person right now, and you say, is this even the person that God would want me to date? Or am I the kind of person that somebody should marry? Maybe that's what you're asking here. So over the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about a lot of these things because at the end of the day, what you need and what your family needs isn't simply some vacation where you get away for a couple of days. Really what you need is you need God to step into your situation. You need God to, to move in your family. You need God to work in your life. And so over the next few weeks, I believe that he's going to do that. So I just ask you right now, I want to ask you something, to make a commitment to be here over these next four weeks. Oh, starting today, the next three Sundays throughout this whole series, I'm going to ask you to make a commitment to be here every week. Now, that doesn't mean at the end of the four weeks you never come back again. That's not what I'm saying, all right? You better not hear me say that. But what I am saying is I think that God's going to do something significant in your life and you can't afford to miss it. And another thing that we've done for this series, because we've been praying for this series, really looking forward to it, is we have revamped our life group uh, structure. Life groups, listen, if you love what happens here every single morning, every single Sunday morning at Summit, life groups take this to a completely new level. And we have been doing life groups Wednesday nights at 6.30, but starting tonight, actually, Starting tonight, what we've done is we've completely changed our life group process so that there are more groups on different days and at different times. So we have some groups that are meeting tonight. We have some groups that are meeting tomorrow night right here at the Forum. I'm actually leading a group on Tuesday mornings at 10 o'clock at the uh, McDonald's downtown, second floor. There's some groups Wednesday night, Thursday night right here at the Forum. There's a group that meets for singles. If you're here, you, maybe you're divorced, you're not married, there's a group for you. It's right here, right here at the Forum. Then there's also a group that's going to meet in Hindman and Knott County every single Thursday night. And listen, what you need to do, you should sign up for one of those groups because those life groups are going to take this series to the next level. All of them are going to be doing something in conjunction with this series. And I just think that you and your family can't afford right now to not be in a life group. And so we've given you all kinds of different options because more options means more opportunity for you and your family to be involved. Our students, your life group's still Wednesday night, 6.30, downtown McDonald's, but everybody should be a part of one, and you can get up right now. In fact, if you're going to forget, you should just get up right now. Don't get up and leave because we have security in the lobby. They'll take you down. But, I'm kidding, we don't. But if you need to get up right now and go sign up for a life group, you can go to the Next Step booth right now or at the end of the service, sign up, be in one of those life groups. You can go to our website, summithazard.com. Jump in one of those life groups. You say, do I have to sign up? Absolutely not. You can just show up. 
You don't even have to sign up. All, all sign-ups are just to kind of give us a guess of how many people are going to come. But listen, if you don't even sign up, you're just going to show up, you do it. But I don't think that you can afford to miss it. So just make that commitment to be here and go to the next level and jump into a life group. Because I think that if you're honest today, everybody in the room, I think if you're honest, you'd have to admit that you've got a destination you'd like to see your family get to, wouldn't you? You know, you, you've, got a, you've got a destination you'd like to see your family get to. I'd like for my family to look like this. I'd like for my family to be this way. I'd like to have this kind of relationship with my spouse. I'd like for my kids to act this way and to be this kind of people. You've got a destination in mind. Well, listen, more importantly than your destination, God has a destination in mind. God has a destination in mind for where he wants to take you and your family but just like any vacation, you get in the car, you drive somewhere, you get on an airplane, you're going to fly somewhere. Just like any vacation, somebody has got to drive the car. Get on a plane, there has to be a pilot for the plane. Somebody has got to fly the plane. If you're going to get to where you're going, listen, you'll never get there by accident. Somebody's got to drive. Somebody's got to make sure that we get to where we want to go. And men, listen to me. Listen to me, every man. God's put the wheel in your hand. Every man in the room, God has put the wheel in your hand and said, you're driving. You're driving. See, because the destination that you have, you're not going to end up there by accident. And what I want us to see this morning is that God calls every man to the best of his ability, dependent on God to pull it off through his life, God calls every guy in the room. I don't, care if you're, I don't care if you're a teenager. I don't care if you're young, old. I don't care where you're at today. God calls every man to make sure you're making sure you get to the destination. God's put the wheel in your hand, and he says, this is your responsibility. So I want us to see three things today. And we may need to get the lights turned up a little bit so that people can see their Bibles, because I want people to see their Bibles this morning. We're going to, and listen, listen, guys, I'm just trying to do you some favors this morning because we're talking to the men. It's Man Sunday. I'm going to make this easy on you. Open your Bible to the book of Genesis. It's the first book of the Bible. Say, where's that at? Just open it, bro. Just open it, dude. Let me make it easier on you. Genesis chapter 1. You're welcome. It's Merry Christmas. All right? Genesis Chapter 1 is where we're going to be. I want every man in the room to see three things today. And listen to me, listen to me. All the ladies right now, you should not check out. All right? You should not check out. This is not a time for every woman in the room to check out. Oh, this sermon is not for me. Listen, listen, right now, if your husband's here with you, you should be praying for your husband. If your husband is not here with you and you wish that he was, and I know that I'm talking to a lot of people right now, your husband is not here with you, and you wish that he was, because you wish that your husband was interested in spiritual things. You wish your husband loved the Lord like you do. Listen, ladies, if that's you, don't go home today and look at your husband and say, listen, you should have been in church today. Mm-hmm. Loser. You know, don't do that. Don't do that, all right? But listen, if that is you, you just pray for your husband. As, as, this whole time, you pray for your husband, that God would make your, your husband into the man that we're talking about. You might not see it yet, but maybe God's working in his life. You pray for your husband. But I want everybody to listen. Listen, guys, God wants you to see three things today. Single guys, married guys, senior guys, younger guys. I don't care where you're at. 
three things that I think God wants you to see out of the first three chapters of Genesis. Man, there's a lot of Bible this morning. If you don't have it, it's all going to be up on the screen. Uh, a lot of Bible going to be up on the screen, but I hope that you've got a copy of the Word of God in front of you. Listen, and, and hey, if you don't, we give out free Bibles in the back. So when you leave today, there's free Bibles there in the back. You just grab one, all right, on your way out. There's, those are there for you. Three things today that I think that God wants every man to know. Here's the first one. God calls men to lead. God calls men to lead. Genesis chapter 1. All right, let's go there. What's happening in Genesis chapter 1 in, your, in the very first chapter of your Bible is that God is creating everything. God is creating everything. And he doesn't go to Lowe's to get the material. He doesn't go to 84 Lumber to get the material. God just speaks, and everything that he says comes into existence. So God says light, and light comes into existence. God says sun, and sun comes into existence. God speaks the animals into existence. And everything happening in Genesis chapter 1 is God's creating. Everything that you've ever known leads up to verse 27. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. What it means to be made in the image of God, it doesn't mean that you look like God, all right? God doesn't have a body. The Bible says that God is spirit. It just basically means that you and I as people are God's representatives here on earth. We'll try to unpack that here in a little bit. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. You should underline the word subdue if you got your Bible. And have dominion, underline that word as well, over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. See, the word subdue and dominion is two words, but they all have the same meaning. It's just two words that just mean one thing. And really what it means is take responsibility for something. It means that you've been put in charge of something. Someone's given you responsibility over, over a certain area, and it's your responsibility to make sure that it goes the way they want it to go. It's your responsibility to make sure that it's cared for the way that they want it to be cared for. And what happens in Genesis chapter 2 is Genesis chapter 2 just basically zooms in on when God creates man and woman in Genesis chapter 1. It basically says, hey, that was such a big deal when God made man and woman. Let's go back and let's talk about that some more. And so Genesis chapter 2 is a closer, it's a close-up view of when God makes men and women. And watch what happens in verse 15. God makes the man first. He's already created the man first. And look at what he says to the man. He hasn't created Eve yet. He says this to Adam. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it. Everybody say work it. I just wanted you to hear you say work it. That's it. Uh, and keep it. It had no significance. I just want to see if you'd say it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And so God puts Adam in the garden, and here it is. It's just God and Adam, and they've got a personal relationship together. Adam loves God. God loves Adam. And he says to Adam, Hey, I put you right here in the garden to work the garden and to keep it. You're in charge. You make sure things go the way that I want it to go. You lead it in a loving way. You leave it, lead it in a serving way. But Adam, at the end of the day, I've put you here to be the leader. And then God does something in the very next verse that God had never done before. Because up to this point, everything that God had made, God looks at it and says, hey, that's really good. Hey, that's really good. Hey, that's really good. Look at the very next verse, though, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. Because, ladies, can I get an amen? You get some men by himself, he's going to mess something up, right? Something's going to be broken, right? Can I get an amen? All right, there we go. All the ladies just woke up, praise the Lord. 
I'll make him a helper fit for him. Now watch this. Now out of, the, out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. And the man gave up names to all the livestock and to the birds and the heavens, every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. What he's saying, Adam, all these animals, not for you. You don't marry any of these animals. You say, that sounds weird. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. That's all it says. That's all, that's all my job. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. God performs the first surgery, and he puts the man to sleep, and he takes out one of his ribs. What does he do with that rib? Verse 22, and the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She should be called woman because she was taken out of man. Good night, she's hot is what that means. It's literally in the Hebrew. Good night, she's hot. Just look it up. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Here's the whole picture of what we just read. Here's everything God wants you to know. God called Adam to leave. The, the primary calling on Adam's life right there in the garden was to be the spiritual leader. It was to make sure that his marriage went in a way that God wanted it to go. It was Adam's job to see that his marriage to Eve went in the direction that God wanted it to go. He was called to be the leader. It was Adam's job to make sure that life in the Garden of Eden went the way that God wanted it to go. He was called to be the leader. And men, listen to me. You've got the exact same calling on your life. Every man in the room, you've got the exact same calling on your life. You say, how do you know? Because you're a man. He made you that way. It's built into who you are as a man. God has made you to be the spiritual leader in the world that he's put you in. This is why the Bible will say in a place like Ephesians chapter 5. I think we've got this up here on the screen if we could bring it up. Ephesians chapter 5, it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. What he means there is be the spiritual leader of your house. Now, see, now we, need to, we need to define that because I know that a lot of times the temptation is to hear a sermon like this, talking about leaders, right, men leading. A lot of times the temptation is to take it and to twist it so that it's saying something we're not really saying. So let me tell you what I'm not saying, all right? I'm not telling every man that you lead your house like a dictator does, all right? You walk in, your wife bows to you. You walk in, your kids bow to you. You don't rule your house with an iron fist. That's not at all what I'm saying. He says, lead your, lead your family, lead the world that you live in just the way that Jesus would lead. How would Jesus lead? Jesus led gently but with initiative. Jesus led gently and passionately, but there was a direction, there was a destination in mind. And so here in this verse in Ephesians 5, and when he calls all men to be leaders, let me talk to the husbands for a second. Husbands, God's called you to be the spiritual leader in your house. So what's that mean? It means that God's put the wheel in your hand and he calls you to step up and to take initiative to see that your family goes in the direction that God wants it to go. Your wife may reject that, your kids may reject that, but at the end of the day, God calls you to be the spiritual leader for your wife, for your kids, if you have kids, to be the spiritual leader of your house. So let's get real practical for a minute. Let's get real practical. Fellas, Whose decision was it to come today? Oh, it got real tense. Did you feel that? Did you feel that? Somebody just went... <laughs> I understand, I understand. 
Whose decision was it to come today, fellas? It should be your decision. Maybe there's a guy in the room, you woke up this morning, you looked at your, looked at your wife and you said, hey, baby. You don't go to church today? I don't care what we do. I just want to do what you want to do. Girl, I love you. Right? She says, no. She says, no, I'm, I'm tired. Let's not go. All right, girl, it's up to you. Yes. Right? Right? You take the initiative. You wake the kids up. You get the kids dressed. I love when I get the kids dressed because my kids dress funky when I get the kids dressed. All right? I can't match nothing. All right? Socks on their heads and everything. It's crazy. But you take the initiative. Guys, let me ask you another question. When we're singing, do you sing? When we're, I'm talking to the men. Can I, can I, all the men, are you? When we're singing, do you sing? Or do you do this? Well, I just don't like to sing. Everybody else can sing. I ain't a singer. I just don't like to sing. Really? Really? I, I just don't get excited about nothing. I just like to show my emotions. Really? Were you that boring when UK won the national championship? Oh, I just touched the nerve. Let's stay on that nerve. Let's sever that nerve. Huh? I've talked to, well, I just don't like to sing in church. I've seen 50-year-old men act like six-year-old girls on Christmas morning at a basketball game. You're telling me you can't worship Jesus? Yeah? I'm telling you, listen. Listen, men, men. You should sing the loudest. Why? Because God's telling you, hey, step up and worship. I can't sing good. It don't matter. We all know you can't sing good. This ain't American Idol. This is church. Worship the Lord. Well, I just don't like to sing those kind of songs. Well, heaven is going to be weird for you. <laughs> it's going to be real weird. Because listen, the first thing Jesus is going to do the first thing Jesus is going to do, he's going to get all that out of you so that you sing. You're going to sing. Oh, you're going to sing, fellas. You might even do some break dancing in heaven, but you are going to do it. Well, why don't you do it now? You should sing. He's called you to be the leader in your house. Let's just talk to men in general. He says, men, step up, have dominion. And that just means make sure that you're responsible over the areas that he's put you in. So guys, let me ask you a question. Is there a decision you need to make? Stop putting off that decision. Just make the decision. Well, I'm afraid I'm going to mess it up. Of course you're going to mess it up. You're a man. That's what we do. Right? Listen, eventually you just got to trust that God's sovereign. He's ruling over your life. You got to pull the trigger. You got to make that decision. Stop putting it off. Make the decision. It, listen, hey, if, you, if there's a deadline you need to make, meet that deadline. But at the end of the day, God's called men to lead. He's called you, sir, to lead. Because listen, when we don't, when we don't step up, and don't fulfill and don't take on the calling that God has on our life, that leads us straight into point number two. When men don't lead, it's sin. When men do not lead, it is sin. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3 is the reason you've ever looked at the world and you said, why does that happen? 
September 11th, you looked at that. You, why does that happen? All goes back to Genesis 3. Every ounce of pain you've ever experienced, confusion you've ever experienced, disappointment, all of it, all from Genesis 3. And what happens in Genesis 3 is that here is Satan who has taken the form of a snake. And watch what he says here. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We can read this whole conversation, but for lack of time, what happens is Satan comes to Eve, and he says, Hey, did God actually say, Don't do this? And really what he's trying to get Eve to see is, hey, God's not as good as you think he is. He's holding back. He's lying to you. You think that he's really good. He's really not that good. And Eve buys it. Eve buys it. And so what, she, what does she do? She eats from the tree that God says not to eat. And watch what happens. Look at verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a, it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desired to, be, to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. Watch this. And she also gave some to her husband, who was where? It's on the screen. Where was he? With her. And he ate. Right there with her. Can you see him? Can't, can't you just see it? There's Adam and his wife is talking to a snake. Because that's normal. That happens all the time. Some of you are like, yes, it is. Well, then where you live is, is weird. You should move, all right? That does not happen typically. Here's his wife talking to a snake. Can't you just see what she does? She looks at him. Babe, what do you want to do? And typical guy, he just looks, I don't care. What do you want to do? You want to do what the snake says? You should, we should eat. I ain't had lunch yet. That sounds all right. Right? He was with her. What he should have done is he should have said, Hey, babe, 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 babe. We don't talk to snakes, especially snakes that talk back. And he should have grabbed the snake, and he should have killed the snake, but instead what he did was just stand there and be passive and lazy. In your life, any ounce of pain, any ounce of ruin, any ounce of misery, any ounce of brokenness has come into your life because the first man didn't lead. He just stood there. And listen, men, when we just stand there and we don't do what God has called us to do, when we don't step up and we don't take initiative at home or in the world where he's put us at, at school, at work, wherever you're at, right here at church, when we don't step up, it's sin. It's sin. But here's how I want to end it. I don't want to end it right now. Like, imagine if I just said, amen, let's all go home. All the guys would hate this church, right? Babe, I hate this church. It's stupid, Right? I don't want to end it right here. It was just really down or note. I want to end it like this. Number three, guys, get this part. Guys, watch this. You can do it. You can do this. That's point number three. That is actually point number three. You can do this. Every man in the room, you can do exactly what God has called you to do. You can step up and fulfill the role that God has for you. And I want you to leave today encouraged and inspired to be who God's called you to be. And here's why I want you to leave that way. Because Adam, the first man, oh, this is good. You got to get this, fellas and ladies. This is for you. The first man, Adam, he's not the center of the Bible. The first man, Adam, he's not the person that the Bible lifts up as our example and our hope. Jesus is. Jesus is our example. Jesus is our hope. In fact, Paul in the New Testament, you know what he calls Jesus? The second Adam. 
Why does he call Jesus the second Adam? Because the first Adam is in the Garden of Eden, and he fails. Jesus, the second Adam, the night before he's crucified, do you know where he is? The Garden of Gethsemane. The second Adam is in another garden. And what does he do? He steps up when the first Adam didn't. He fulfills his calling when the first Adam didn't. Instead of backing out and hitting the eject button and try to, trying to escape, he has you on his mind, sir. He has you on his mind, ma'am. And he steps forward and he takes all of your sins and all of your hang-ups and all of your baggage to the cross. And three days later, he comes back from the dead. And if you give your life to him, not only will he save you and fill you with hope and purpose and second chance, but the Holy Spirit of God will come and live inside of you. Men, that's why you can do this. Because he's not there in heaven looking at you saying, good luck. He's living in you if you've given your life to him. If you've surrendered your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God lives in you. And by His Spirit, by His power, you can be the man that God's called you to be. So men, men, maybe you're here and all you're aware of is all the times you've dropped the ball in this area. All you can think of is how you've dropped the ball right here in this area. Listen, Jesus never dropped the ball in this area. And he did it for you, so that if that's you today, you can be forgiven. There is second chance. All you've got to do is go to God and say, God, forgive me for not stepping up and being who you've called me to be in this area. I want to be the spiritual leader in my house, in my world. Forgive me for not being that. And he'll forgive you. Doesn't jump through all kinds of hoops. Jesus did it all for you. Listen, men, you might be here and you've heard this whole sermon and this is what you've been thinking. Mark, I've never seen this modeled for me. My dad was not like the guy you're talking about. His dad was not like the guy you're talking about. In fact, all the men in my lineage have never been the way you're describing men should be. Well, listen, let me get your attention. It starts with you. It starts with you, right? It starts with you. And here's why. Because he can start something new with you. Just as he comes into your life and saves you and all things become new, he can start something new in your life. Men, this comes from having a growing relationship with Jesus. Do you have one? Do you have one? Do you have a growing relationship with Jesus where you love him more, you want to live for him more, and you want to do everything he's called you to do so that your family can get to the destination that he wants to get it to? He's called you to be the spiritual leader of your house. He's called you to be spiritual leaders at school. Front couple of rows, back couple of rows, wherever else all my students are. At work. It's called you to step up and make an influence, make a difference. Represent me there at your workplace. So men, here's the invitation. With lights up and everyone looking, I'm going to ask you to do something, guys. And you should only do this if this is genuinely where your heart is today. If genuinely your heart says this, you should only do it then. But for every man in the room who's heard this, and you're at a place right there where you sit, where you say, I want to be a spiritual leader. I want to be the man that God calls me to be for my wife. I want to be the man that God calls me to be for my kids like Rick sang about in that song. I want to be the man that God calls me to be at my school because my friends need me to be that kind of guy. I, I want to be who God wants me to be wherever he puts me. I want to be that kind of man. Men, if that's you, if that's you today, right there where you're at, I'm going to ask you, stand up right now. 
If that's you, you're a man, you say, that's who I want to be. Stand up right now. You stand up. Don't do it because every other man is doing it. You do it if that's where you're at. Look at this. Look at this. Y'all look around. Let's give these men a round of applause. This is awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome. Men, men, let me say to you while you're standing, let me say to you while you are standing up right there where you're at, nobody wants you to do this more than God does. And when you go to him, when you go to him, every ounce of resources you need to be the man he wants you to be, he is quick to give. He is quick to give. He is quick to give. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every man that is standing right now. I thank you for every man who's standing right now for their family, who's standing right now for their wife, who's standing right now for their kids. God, let this not be some shot in the dark, but let this be a turning point for families. God, let this be a turning point for men. God, I believe there's probably some men who are standing right now who do not have a relationship with you and today need to give you their life I believe there's probably men and women and teenagers who are sitting here who need to give you their life. Jesus, let today be that day. God, I pray for these men that they would never forget this moment, that they would never forget the commitment they are making, that they would never forget that today they are standing and say, Jesus, I want to be who you want me to be. Tired of letting the world define who I am. Tired of letting other people, Jesus, I want you to define who I am. I want to be who you've called me to be. God, give them strength they never knew before, only from your Spirit. With every head still bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask every guy, God bless you, you can go ahead and be seated. Men, you can go ahead and be seated. But with every head bowed and with every eye closed, no one is looking around. No one is looking around. I wonder if there are men and women who need to say, hey, you know what? Before I can even be who God wants me to be, I need to give Him my life. I need to have a relationship with Jesus. I don't know if I'm a Christian. I don't know what would happen to me if I die, and today I want to be saved. Today I want to give my relationship to Jesus Christ. That's, that's what I want to do today. Listen, if that's you and you know you need to have a relationship with Jesus, you know you're not a Christian and you want to become one right now, all you need to do to respond to Jesus for the very first time, I'm going to pray this prayer right there where you're sitting. You pray this with me. You just say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life. Save me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for coming back from the dead for me. I want to give my life to you. With every head bowed and with every eye closed, I wonder if you just prayed that prayer. I'm going to count to three. And as soon as I say three, if you just gave your life to Jesus, I want you to shoot your hand up. Nobody is looking around. Nobody, it doesn't matter if they are. Nobody is looking around. But if you just prayed that prayer, you know you need to begin a relationship with Jesus. Men, if you stood up, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Listen, without him, without him, we can't be who he wants us to be. So if you just prayed that prayer, as soon as I say three, you raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now. Right now, raise your hand. There's a hand right up front. Anybody else? There's another one right over here on the side. Anybody else? Keep that hand up. Let me see those hands. Anybody else in the room? You would say, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. For the very first time, hands have went up. God bless you for those hands. You can put those hands down. God bless you for those hands. God bless you for that. Father, I thank you for what you've done today. And Jesus, as we start this new series, God, I pray 
that we would be different people, that families would be saved. God, because you're at work. God, that, that you would cause these men who have stood today, what an awesome response, Jesus, to, call, to see these men leave and say, I want to stand in the gap for my wife and my kids and my co-workers and everybody in my life. I want to be who God wants me to be. Jesus, burn this into me. Burn this into me. In your powerful name we pray. Amen. Church, let's thank God for today. Listen. Listen. Listen, not only did men stand to say that they wanted to be the spiritual leaders in their home, men raised their hands to say they want to begin a relationship with Jesus. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. That is awesome. And listen, right now, in, in, just, a, in just a few moments, we're about to take up our offering. And so you can begin to make any preparations that you need to make for that. But listen to me, listen to me. If you just raised your hand to give your life to Jesus, when, we, when you walked in, you got this connection card. I want you to flip your card over, and I want you to check the box to indicate that you gave your life to Christ. We want to talk to you about that. We want to help you to take the next step. Men, maybe you're here, you need to get baptized. Why don't you just check the next box that says, hey, I want to be baptized. Whatever you need to do. Maybe you want to volunteer today. Uh, listen, we always need volunteers. Whatever decision you made, we want to know about it. But if you made that first-time decision, maybe you didn't even raise your hand, but you, but you did that, check that box. Check that box. And here in just a few moments, our ushers are going to come around and they're going to take, uh, take up our offering. And you can just drop these in the offering plate. Uh, guys, I want to just mention a few things before we take up our offering. Our ushers can come up front and you guys can go ahead and get in place. I just want to mention a couple things that you need to know about. Like I said, life groups start tonight, guys. And so you can sign up or you can just show up. Uh, tonight, I think we've got one at 6.30 at uh, Burger King, if you would like that form of child care there. Some people have signed up for that group. Then Jonathan and Katrina Jett have a life group at their house. Uh, Jonathan is in the booth. Katrina, where are you at? Are you still down here somewhere? All right, she's there. You can stand up, wave, or whatever. There's Katrina there in the back. There she is right over there. You say, I don't know Jonathan and Katrina. They love having strangers to their house. Um, so just show up, completely unannounced. They love it. I'm just kidding. Uh, but hey, no kidding. You should do that. You should be in those groups. Tons of groups. You should sign up for them at the Next Step booth in the lobby. Next Sunday is our very first baby dedication service. All right? That's going to be an awesome time. If you uh, want to be a part of that, sign up you, your child, your family. Just visit the Next Step booth. Or you can go to our website. You can always sign up for everything at summithazard.com. All right? Uh, hey, right now, we are going to begin to take up our offering. And as, before we begin, you should know that Summit is completely funded by you, our partners, which are our members, and, and people who come every single week. What we do every single week, you guys make possible. And every week, uh, we've seen a lot of people come to Jesus, lives are being changed. This, this, uh, since we've launched in September, we've seen 47 people baptized. Isn't that great? 47 people baptized. And listen, you make that possible. And if you want to see it continue to happen, you want to see it continue, then Giving makes it happen. Giving makes it possible so that it can, it can continue. If you want to see it get to the next level to where we can one day be in a permanent facility, giving makes that possible. As we plan to launch our student ministry, giving, everything makes it possible. So when you give today, you give as God leads you to give and know that you're making this possible and you're changing lives. Guys, you go ahead and begin to take up our offering. And we worship God in giving every single week. So as you give, what you're giving right now is an act of worship. 
You might even want to use the offering envelope that you received when you came in. That helps uh, at tax time to give us a real precise record of what you gave so that we can get that information back to you. Uh, but you give as God leads you to give today. And guys, we are so thankful that you came today. We are so excited and hope that God met you where you're at today and that you're going to leave change. Listen, first time guests, we've got a free gift for you out there in the lobby to your left. See a table with all kinds of t-shirts. We've already got people posted at that table. And listen, if you need a free Bible, those are in the back of the auditorium. Guys, we love you. You come back next week. It's going to be an amazing, amazing time. Our band is going to play us out today. So as they continue to take up the offering and our guys play us out. Listen, you come back next week and you bring somebody with you and God's going to do awesome things. Are you glad that you came today? Are you glad that you came today? Hey, we love you guys. Our guys are still uh, taking up the offering. Our band is going to play us out. They'll dismiss you in just a few minutes. Love you guys. Blessed assurance Jesus is mine Oh, what a foretaste Of glory divine Heir of salvation Purchase of God Born of His Spirit this is my story this is my song praising my savior all the day long this is my story this is my song praising my savior God bless. See you next Sunday. Perfect submission. Perfect delight. Visions of rapture. Now burst on my side. Angels descending. Bring from above. of mercy whispers of love this is my story this is my song praising my Savior all the day long this is my story Praising my Savior all the day.